<clears throat> Hello, and welcome back to And Other Ramblings. I'm your host, Zoe or Zoro, whichever you prefer. Um, I've noticed, uh, listening to some past recordings, that the audio quality is very different in my new house. Um, uh, so, so apologies if my audio hasn't been quite up to par with past episodes. Um, I am working to make it better. Um, also apologies if you hear some meows in the background. I am currently sitting with Scooby, um, on my bed and she is just soaking up attention. (laughs) Soaking it up like a sponge. Um, but today's episode is a fun episode because I love books. I've been reading recently. I got back into reading. I've never, well, I've never really gotten out of reading. I just kind of like it comes in waves, like, where I'll, like, slow down, and I won't be reading every day, I'll read maybe once a week, um, etc., you know, that kind of stuff, um, but I've been, like, tearing through books recently, um, and so I wanted to give book recommendations, um, and just share my favorite books, because I love sharing my favorite whatevers with other people, like, films, books, podcasts, everything. I really, I just love sharing things that I love with people. Um, I'll, maybe I'll do an episode on music. Um, I'll do an episode on films. I'll do an episode on books, which is what I'm doing right now. Now I've got, um, (laughs) sorry if you hear Scooby. Scooby, is there something you'd like to say to the podcast? Scooby? Any? Oh, oh. Wow. Invigorating. That's insane can't believe she just said that on the podcast that was truly vulgar um anyways (laughs) um I've got my books in front of me um I've got one two three four five six seven eight eight books that I consider my favorites and I recommend to everyone because I don't think that you need to be a specific type of person to enjoy them and that's why I think they're my favorite books because I have favorite books that I don't necessarily, like, consider in my top, like, ten because I don't think that they can be universally enjoyed by everyone. Um, But these books that I'm going to be talking about, I think everyone can get something out of it. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom. Um, I've got a book. It's called Total Cat Mojo. It's, it is a book about cats. I will will admit that. But um, if you have, like, it's just... if you have an interest in cats at all, if you're even slightly interested in cats, if you don't ha- have a cat, that's fine. If you want to get a cat, even better. If you already have a cat, fantastic. It's just a good book kind of on animal behavior and how to recognize it. Um, and it's written in a really easily accessible way. And I found it very, very helpful in recognizing behaviors of my cat. Um, and just like, generally kind of educating myself on animal behavior because you should really understand your pet's behavior if you're going to get a pet and I felt like the best way to do that was to basically study up on it and do some research and because of that book Total Cat Mojo by Jackson Galaxy Galaxy sorry um I feel much more confident as like a pet owner and I feel like much more confident in being able to be like oh like, Scooby peed on the floor in blah blah blah's room. Why did she do that? She did it because of this. 
I don't need to worry, everything is fine, that kind of thing. Um, but that's that book. Um, I, I didn't have too much to say about that book, because that one's just, like, a random favorite. Um, my, I guess I'd say probably favorite book of all time, like, top, top list, if it's not in the top three, then it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's high up there on my list. Um, it's called The Midnight Library, it's by Matt Haig, I'm currently reading another book of his called, um, How to Stop Time, um, I'm enjoying it quite a bit so far, so... Matt Haig, he's quite a good author. Uh, he's released some smaller books. That was like um, Notes on a Nervous Planet. And there was one other book. And they came together. And they were both really shit. So I do not recommend those. I bought them both thinking that they would be like great. like Because one was out about anxiety and one was about depression. And I have both of those. So I was like, oh, cool. This will be perfect for me. This will be like a great way to just kind of like find like find common ground and just feel seen and I read them and they just made me more anxious and more depressed so I gave them to a book uh for a secondhand I gave them to a charity shop goodness um but yeah don't read those books read his novels because his novels are much better than his little short books um they've stopped advertising that he wrote them because they got such bad reviews. Um, but The Midnight Library, um, it deals with suicide and finding purpose in life. And it's done in a very imaginative way. Um, and so I was very receptive to it. And I read it at a point in my life where I was feeling very suicidal and I desperately needed purpose. And this book just kind of really, really just felt like a big warm hug. So I would, I would definitely, definitely recommend it to anyone. Uh, but if you're feeling alone um, or just isolated in any way, it's going to hit a little bit harder for you. Um, it's super, super fun. It's super, super imaginative. It's a pretty short read considering um, like how like, much it covers and how just great it is. Um, I think, how many pages is it? Let me look. Um, it's about 300 pages, a little under 300 pages, about 276. Um, very, very easy, easy read. Um, it's very, like, those, it's one of those books that sucks you in, um, and, like, gets you imagining things and, like, picturing things in your head. I don't like books that don't get me picturing things in my head because then I'm not into the book. I'm just reading words on a page. Um, but The Midnight Library is very visual, I guess, for a book with no pictures. <laughs> um, uh, moving on, um, that was my Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, this is a random one. Um, it's called The Prize by Flavia Whedon. Um, it's a collection of stories it's like kind of like prose poetry. Um, Scooby is rubbing her face all over it. <laughs> um, I got it at a secondhand bookstore um, in Chicago. Um, Myopic Books, if you've ever heard of it, if you've ever been. It's my favorite bookstore in probably the whole world. I could live in that place and be happy. Um, I got it for $1 and it just was really hard hitting. 
Um, I have a couple bookmarked pages. I may read one of them. Um, okay, this one is just, they're short, like, little poems. Um, they're just sweet. They're just kind of about life and people around you, and it's just very simple, and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. But, um, here's one of the poems. The old man had not moved since I first saw him. With bent back, he just sat on the bench and stared into space. He looked so very alone. My heart remembered a part of a poem about the last leaf upon a tree. And that's the end of it. And I just, oh, I just, I just love it. I just love it. It's just, ah, I'm going to go to my, I bookmarked the second one in here. I'm going to read my, the other one that I've bookmarked. I've highlighted quite a few, but I've bookmarked my favorites. Um, ah, I'm losing, losing the book in my hands. Um, sometimes she comes to me when my head is already so full I think my mind can't handle another thought then simply by her presence she is a way of fading away the heavy stuff maybe that's why she chooses those times to come to me or do I choose those times to let her in is she my escape she took so much with her when she first went away sometimes I think she took more than she left behind her disappearance was slow and gradual, and now I suspect no one but me ever sees her. And that's like, it's just, it's so good. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so, so, so good. I just, it's a random book. I don't even, it, it was clearly published smaller. Um, like, it wasn't like a huge production, didn't sell many copies, but it's truly a gem. And I'm very glad that I found it picking through the shelves of the poetry section at Myopic Books. Um, but that is The Prize by Flavia Whedon. Um, I'm not sure where you could get it because it doesn't even have a copyright page. Um, so I, yeah, I, I genuinely am just lucky to have gotten my hands on it. Um, second book is probably, it's a popular one. It's, you may have heard of it. It's called Slaughterhouse-Five. It's by Kurt Vonnegut. I love Kurt Vonnegut. He is one of my favorite authors. Um, like, I, like if I had to, have to pick an author to read for the rest of my life, and only that author, I'd probably pick per Kurt Vonnegut, because his books are just so batshit crazy, and just so imaginative. And just every single time I read it, I'm just like, God, how the fuck did he think of this? It's just... And it always turns out fine. It truly feels like he picked, like two characters and a situation out of a bucket and then just fucking took it and ran with it it's it's insane um slaughterhouse five is more one of his more controlled novels it has a very specific like through line um but it's ridiculously imaginative it's the kind of book that sucks you in it gives you all those it's beautifully like imagery oh i just found a just found a section that i annotated um it says that's one thing earthlings might learn to do. If they had tried hard enough, ignore the awful times and concentrate on the good ones. <laughs> like, there's just so many good, like, little, like, anecdotes and stuff in here. And it's all so imaginative. And it's like, like, there's so many great characters. I'm like, I'm, I'm truly not doing this, this book justice. It, this is what the back of it says. But I, I don't usually like the back of books because I feel like they don't say enough about the inside. Um. But it says, Kurt Vonnegut's black humor, satiric voice, and incomparable imagination first captures America's attention in The Sirens of Titan in 1959 and established him as a true artist. The Sirens of Titan is also very good. You should read that. Um, with Cat's Cradle in 1963. Um, that's another book 
I haven't read that one, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Um, he was, as Graham Greene declared, one of the best living American writers. Mr. Vonnegut passed away in April 2007. He is truly incredible. Um, and he's an illustrator as well, so he does some illustrations um, that are truly a gem. Um, so I, I don't really want to tell you much about the plot, um, because... I threw myself into it not knowing what it's about, just knowing that it was a classic and that I wanted to knock it off my list. And it turned out to be one of my favorites. And that's how I discovered Kurt Vonnegut as an author. And now I've read like seven of his books. <laughs> a little bit obsessive, but that is okay. Because um, his books are fucking fantastic. Um, so yeah, that was Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, next, I've got um, The Song of Achilles. Very popular, very, very popular. Um in like the last year um it's the only book I've ever cried while reading um it's heartbreaking it's a romance um between two boys um in like Grecian times so I mean it's called the song of Achilles and it's by Madeline it's by Madeline Miller um but it is it's about Achilles and it's about um this other boy um and the two of them and their relationship together and it's just so delicate and so carefully written it's just it's really beautiful it's really beautifully written Madeline Miller is a very talented person um she has another book called Circe that I started reading and then got into a car accident um and it totaled my car and that book was in my car so never getting that back um <laughs> made it five chapters in though and I thought it was great so um <laughs> um but yeah no um, Song of Achilles, it's, it's, I'd say it's about a medium read. It's not very long, but, um, like, it's, how many pages is it? Let's see. It's, like, 400 pages, um, and the print is relatively small, but it's one of those books that you're just gonna zip through because it's, like, a storytelling type book. It, it's not a nonfiction. It's nothing like nonfiction. None of these books that I've said so far are really nonfiction besides the cat book um because the cat book is more an informational book um but like Kurt Vonnegut the prize and Midnight Library all of those as well as the Song of Achilles and the ones I'm going to be mentioning they're all very much storytelling um because that's the kind of book that I like I like being told a story I like to just like I like to sit down and read a book and feel like I'm just being told a story and I'm just listening to somebody telling it um rather than feel like I'm reading a textbook. Because there's a very clear difference between reading, like, a nonfiction book that's about, like, history, um, and that has, that gives you no visuals whatsoever while you're reading it. You're just sitting there reading the words on a page. Whereas, like, you're reading a book, and you're seeing things in your head. You're imagining all these things happening that you're reading on the page. There's just such a difference between those kinds of books. And I just, The Song of Achilles is just one of those that really captured me. Um that I would just really recommend reading. Um, it's, it's a good read. It's gay as fuck. Um, so that's a plus. Um, <laughs> um, but it's just really beautifully written and it has an absolutely gorgeous ending that brought me to tears. Um, and I think you should read it. Um, so go pick up The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Um, if you feel like reading a book, um, a bit of an odd one. Um, Challenger Deep by Neil Shusterman. I read this ages ago. Um, 
probably while I was still in high school, probably junior or sophomore year of high school. Um, but this is what the little blurb on the back says. It says, Caden Bosch is on a trip, is on a ship that's headed for the deepest point on Earth, Challenger Deep, the southern part of the Marinas Trench. And then it continues, Caden Bosch is a brilliant high school student whose friends are starting to notice his odd behavior. Caden Bosch is designated the ship's artist in residence to document the journey with images. These things are switching um, between fonts as well. Caden Bosch pretends to join the school track team, but spends his days walking for miles absorbed by the thoughts in his head. Caden Bosch is split between his allegiance to the captain and the allure of mutiny. Caden Bosch is torn. Um, and it's, it's about um, Caden, who is the main character, who um, has these, like, he he's, ha- is undiagnosed um, with some kind of mental disorder. Um, it's never explained in this book, but it's very, like, riveting. It's just switching between his imagination and what he thinks is real and his real life. And, like, he'll, there's a point in the novel that I remember where he would be walking for so long because he'd be just so, like, enthralled with the ideas in his head that he would like daydream while walking and he walked so much that he wore holes in his shoes and his parents were like concerned for him and it's by Neil Shusterman which is another one of my favorite authors I read um he read he writes mostly for like like young like what is that young adult young adult young adult fiction um but I found this one to be a bit more abstract than the stuff that he's done because I've read another one of his book series called Unwind, um, which is sci-fi. It's fucking fantastic. It's, I stand by it today. Um, but Neil Shusterman is also a good author. He's very, very imaginative, very visual. It's similar to the other authors that I like. Um, but that's Challenger Deep by Neil Shusterman. Um, would definitely recommend that. Um, and then we've got something slightly different next. Um, we've got Just Kids by Patti Smith. Patti Smith was an artist, a musician, um, a photographer, so many other things. She was just an artist in the 70s um, in New York, I guess is the best way to describe it. And it's her kind of talking about her relationship with, I can't remember his name, with David something. Does it say on the back? Just, okay, I'm going to read the back. Just Kids begins as a love story and ends as an elegy. It serves as a salute to New York City during the late 60s and 70s and to its rich and poor, its hustlers and hellions. A true fable, it is a portrait of two young artists' ascent, a prelude to fame. Um, let me see if I can find his, find his name. Because I cannot remember his name, but it's very important. I wonder if it's in the dedications. Oh, come on. I don't, I don't know. But his name isn't important anyways. Um, just read the book and you'll figure it out. It's Patti Smith. She just has such a voice. Um, like, like the way that she writes is so simple, but so capturing. Um, like I'm going to flip through it and find some underlined bits that I've picked out. Um, Let's see. Robert, that's his name. I'm going to read a little section. Robert was frustrated that Bard didn't accept our art as rec- recompense. He was anxious about how he 
we'd get by since that afternoon both his moving jobs were cancelled. He lay on the bed with his white t-shirt, dungarees, and huaraches, that's an interesting word, looking very much like the day we met. But when he opened his eyes to look at me, he did not smile. Which is like, oh, oh. Because earlier in the book, it clearly, he, that when they very first met, he smiled at her. And it shows, like, the difference in their relationship. And it's just, she writes it in such a heartbreaking way. And I, I, just, I just love it. Um, there's a bit more on the same page. For just a couple of dollars, we both got lucky. We headed home holding hands. For a moment, I dropped back to watch him walk. His sailor's gait always touched me. I knew one day I would stop and he would keep on going. But until then, nothing could tear us apart. Like, oh my god, what a... God. Like, what, rip my heart out, put it on the ground, and stomp on it. Like, that is such a good line. She's, in, she's an incredible writer. She's truly, truly talented. And there's a lot of, like, um, bits in it where um, she kind of, like, includes some art and some photography that she discusses in the book. And it's, there's also an illustrated, a completely illustrated version with all of the art and all of the photography that they made. Um throughout the course of the book that she is like kind of reflecting on um but god is she a powerful writer um I read somewhere on some something somewhere probably tumblr where it was like books that I wish I had read before my 20s and just kids was at the top of the list and the person was like I just I read this while I was in college university um and it just hit so much harder than I think it would have at any other point in my life. And I was like, okay, I need to read that book. And I read it, and it became a favorite immediately. Um, so that's Just Kids by Patti Smith. Um, and we've got one more book left. Um, and that is Haruku Murakami, Norwegian Wood. Um, Murakami is a very, very famous author. Um, he is no longer alive, I don't think. Um, I just opened to a page that says all of this section was incredible <laughs> and that's my writing <laughs> oh jeez uh, I'll read that in a bit but Norwegian Wood is kind of just it's just about a guy and his relationship with people it's very like if you're familiar with the French New Wave cinema it's very much like people and the way that they interact with each other and that's the story um, and it's very much like you just following him around and being like following his decisions that he makes and kind of just like kind of hoping for the best and him like not always getting lucky. Like usually in novels, the characters will be like, like unseasonably lucky, like some like things, good things will just happen to them without them having to work for it. But in Murakami's novels, the characters never get that kind of like fantasy luck they're always getting beaten up by life basically um and it's really compelling <laughs> it's really compelling and it's really good and Murakami is a fantastic writer if um god there's a smaller book that Murakami wrote and if you want like a little taste into what he's written I can't remember what it's called it's something this it's something library um it's a gorgeous, gorgeous book, like, like, gorgeous visually, like, it's, like, opens up, like, an origami, like, fold thing, I don't know, it's gorgeous, you can get it on Amazon, 
just look for short Murakami book. Um, actually, let me just look up the name of it. Okay, it's called The Strange Library, and it's by Haruku Murakami. Um, it's insane. <laughs> it's like an abstract film, but put two words. Um, so you're in for a ride if you're going to read it. It's a very, very short read. I read it in an about like about an hour in one day. Um, but I want to read a section of this this book which is Norwegian Wood. Um, I want to find it. There's this section about a firefly. I'm going to find the beginning of it. Okay. Um, you don't need the context for this. Still leaning against the handrail, I studied the firefly. Neither I nor it made a move for a very long time. The wind continued sweeping past the two of us while the numberless leaves of the Zelikova tree rustled in the darkness. I waited forever. Only much later did the firefly take to the air, as if something thought had suddenly occurred to it. The firefly spread its wings, and in a moment it had flown past the handrail to float in the pale darkness. I traced a swift arc by the side of the water tank, as though trying to bring back a lost interval in time. And then, after hovering there for a few seconds, as if it was its curved line of light blend into the wind, it finally flew off into the east. Long after the firefly had disappeared, the trail of its light remained inside me, its pale, faint glow hovering on and on in the thick darkness behind my eyelids, like a lost soul. More than once I tried stretching my hand out in the dark. My fingers touched nothing. The faint glow remained just beyond my grasp. Like, that's fucking incredible. <laughs> like, that's just him talking about a firefly. And that's not even, like, the parts where he's interacting with the other characters. And, like, that's how beautifully written it is. Like, I, I, I truly, I, I have another Murakami book that's sitting on my desk that I'm going to be reading next after I finish my current Matt Haig read. Um, it's just fantastic. It's just fantastic. That's the best way to describe it. It's a bit slow to begin, but if you stick with it, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's just one of those books that you finish reading and you feel like you learned something from it. I feel every single one, every single one of the books that I've mentioned today, I've learned something from them. And... That's the best feeling. That's why I read. I read to learn and kind of learn about people and the way that they interact. And every single one of the books that I've talked about today has helped me in some way to communicate with the people around me or just, I mean, books are just learning from other people's experiences. That's all that it is. Books are just a way of somebody putting their life into words, putting it in a little book bound together and then sharing it with the world and like it's just that's why people who read so many books are so smart because they just understand people and understanding people is the key to life <laughs> it really is as long if you understand people you've got life figured out you've got it solved people are the puzzle to life um but that's all i have for you because that is the end of my favorite books stack um, I have other favorite books, but, like, some of them are plays, and I, I just don't try mentioning them because I don't think that anyone would be interested in them. Um, if, maybe I'll do an episode on plays if there is truly a demand for that, but I don't think that there is. <laughs> um, so, that was that. Um, Scooby is currently cleaning her paws, so I don't know if she has any, like, goodbyes for you. Let's see, let's see. Scooby? Scooby, do you have anything to say to the audience? She has nothing to say. Um, 
at least it's not as vulgar as what she said earlier on the podcast. I can't believe I, I'm not having her as a guest on the podcast ever again. She's she's just not meant for radio. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's all for me. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you read one of these books because they are fucking amazing. Um, trust me, I've read a lot of fucking books. Um, follow me on Goodreads if you want to. Um, I'm pretty sure my name is just Zoe, Z-O-E-S-N-O-K. Um, follow me on Goodreads if you feel like it. Um, or if you don't have Goodreads, get Goodreads and then follow me because Goodreads is amazing. It is a bit old, um, but it's fun and I like keeping track of the books that I read. Same reason I like Letterboxd so much. Um, but yeah, that's been my favorite books. I hope you enjoyed. Um, talk to you later. Bye. Love you. Mwah.